welcome to the Really Loud Podcast Podcast. I'm having problems here. At least it's loud for you. Sheesh. Well, actually, I, I even heard it this time, and I never hear that. Wow. I can still hear you, so I'm not deaf, right? I was going to say, you're, you're, you're close, at least in age. You should be going deaf Jeez. soon. That was so, uh, it's so loud. You should wear headphones, too, so we can go deaf together. <laughs> no, I'm fine. I can still hear. <laughs> I need to get, get you some headphones sometime, and then we can be professionals. I was going to say, then I would feel cool. Like I'd feel like they would definitely have to have a photo taken. It's actually really weird to hear your own <coughs> voice while you're talking. Ooh, I don't know if I would want to hear that. I don't know why you're still so quiet. I'm not I'm sure. Gain up. Hmm? Keep talking. All right. I'm supposed to keep talking. Yeah, that's better. I'm going to gain. I don't know what I'm gaining. You voice. have like no wave. You're, you're usually the loud one, which okay. is what I don't understand. I have no wave. That's all right. I'll keep okay. adjusting while we go. And then afterwards, right. I'll fix it in post. Oh, all right. Or something. Sounds Maybe so like sophisticated when you say in post. Yeah. Basically, meaning I'm going to go back and listen to it, <laughs> see if there's any weird spots, which... The, the one I posted today, mm-hmm. we had like all these interruptions. And stuff. Oh, is that that one? <laughs> yeah, it's the one where it's like you hear your daughter like, Daddy. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I've heard Dad Sarah's dad. And then like I think Sarah came in for a minute uh-huh. and had you hold a baby. Yeah. And so I'm trying to like read the Bible and hold a baby. and Yeah. And then we had our special guest, Keith. Oh, was that that same week too? And, and you want to know what's hilarious about it is I said in that podcast, I was like, hey, you guys probably won't hear this one until St. Patrick's Day. And we were really like, oh, it was like the week before that I posted it on St. Patrick's Day. Okay, so St. Patrick's Day next week? It's Saturday. Is it Saturday? Yeah, my, much- my son's birthday is St. Patrick's Day. Oh, wow, okay. So yeah, it's kind of cool. Sure, shows you how much I care about St. Patrick. Uh, I apologize. I know he's a cool missionary or something, right? Yeah, he did. He, he, well, I mean, the <clears throat> tale of St. Patrick is a good thing. Right. Uh, we don't really know much about him himself. Like, uh, it's a lot of legend. I, I know for Valentine's Day, I had a lot of fun writing my own uh, Valentine's Day cards. Oh, no. Uh-huh. How, how long ago was Valentine's Day? Um, well, if it's mid-March, it was mid-February. For oh, month so ag- like a month ago? A month ago, uh-huh. I can't remember. Yep. Oh, I, I surprised my wife. I did the... Yeah. Now she's going to hear and she's going to know. <laughs> how, so You already said she doesn't listen. True. Okay. She, she's downloads <laughs> and pads and numbers. Um, I did the uh, T-Mobile Tuesday free uh-huh. Valentine's card, <laughs> and she like for, I was like, no, honey, this was an app. Like when I wrote, I wrote like with my finger on a a screen, you know, kind of thing. It wasn't. She's like, that looks so much like handwriting. I was like, yeah, it's an app that let me do it. She doesn't know it was free. <laughs> <laughs> Well, your wife probably likes you better than me because I didn't get her anything for Valentine's Day. You didn't get your wife anything or my wife anything? Because you better. Well, I didn't get either one of them anything. Okay, good. Yep. Yeah, I'd have to kill you. Well, everyone in the world gets their stuff. They gets their like girls and stuff like that on Valentine's Day. It's like you're forced to. And I was like, well, how is that like showing her that I love you when I'm forced to say that I love you when everyone (laughs) else is saying I love you? It's like. No, I'll get you something at another time. Yeah, I'm kind of in that boat with you. I think we went out on a date. I think outside of that little card that I gave her, I didn't get her any. Okay. Like, yeah. and I don't think she got me. Did she? I don't think so. Yeah, she actually did get me something. I was mad. I was like, wait, I thought we had a deal. <laughs> yeah, it's a deal until, you know. Now, now, now I feel bad. Um, you know. But, I, but I'm all about getting stuff on, on the non um, uh, on the non-Valentine's Day. I feel like that means more. I, I think, like, I'm... I'm okay with Valentine's Day. I think more so because it's like kind of a light in the darkness of winter. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay. oh, something to celebrate, some reason to, you know, <clears throat> get up and get out kind of okay. thing. Uh, more than that. The dumb ones are like sweetest day. 
Oh, yeah. That's like, uh, is that October, November? I think, I don't even know, because I care but less about that one than Valentine's Day. Yeah, it's worthless. I think... Uh, is it even still a thing? I don't know. I have care? no clue. I'm gonna. Google I, I think it. I usually find out when when everyone else got their stuff, and you're like, "What would you get them?" I I enjoyed sitting my girls down. So like, I sat, I sat my girls down. And I was like, "Let me tell you about Valentine's Day," because they're like, "Daddy, we get to get Valentine's Day cards for our for our, our class." I was like, "Let me tell you the real story of Valentine's Day." So I sat down. It's a thing. It is a thing. October twentieth, yeah. apparently. That's sweetest day. At least last year. No, this is 2018. Oh, 2018. So yeah. October 20th, everyone, depending on probably when you get to hear this one, <laughs> will be uh, <laughs> one week day. from this <laughs> podcast. Um, but I sat him down and I told him the story of Valentine's Day and Sarah walks down. She's like, what are you doing? I was like, they need to know what Valentine's Day is about. And Hadessa's is like, oh, well, I got this really cute Valentine's Day card. I was like, girl, you don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, there's like. Chopping off of limbs and I know. executions. and I made some great Valentine's <laughs> Day cards. Sarah wouldn't draw them for me, though, but I had some great sayings for them. Okay, now you're clipping. Okay, what does that mean? Now I'm really loud? It went back to, it remembered who you were, I guess. Oh, okay. You're fine. I mean, you keep talking like you talk. Okay. And I'll just. As we adjust. Here. Yeah. Sorry about the quality of this one, folks, but this thing <coughs> hates me. Okay. That, that sounded cool. Okay, sorry. Oh. <laughs> so, hey, we're in Deuter- Deuteronomy, chapter 11. Verse 1. Verse 1. Oh, it's a fresh new chapter. I know. It's like a new, after last week ending a chapter, I feel like it's a good time to start a new one. You know, I think that's really, I think it's a good, good way idea. To read the Bible. Yeah, I agree. Good way to read the Bible. All right. So, hey, we'll, we'll st- oh, go on. No, I was going to say, what do you, <clears throat> are you going to do what we discussed? Or uh, do you sure. want to break it down more? So I'll go ahead and at least break it down one through eight. Is that what you... Because I, I was good with that one. I said seven, but eight... Oh, seven? Seven works. All right. So we will break it down. Um, uh, chapter 11, uh, verse one through seven to start out. Um, really, uh, it's kind of... This is kind of a, a transition chapter. Um, it kind of um, concludes the last section, but prepares us for the next section. Um, so a lot of the things we're going to talk about in chapter 11 are our kind of review... Um, they're kind of things that, that we've already discussed um, sometimes a couple times, but but ultimately obey is is pretty much a good um, Pee Wee Herman word or something. What? I don't know. Isn't there like a show like when people scream, they're like, obey, ah! Oh. <laughs> it's like, what are you talking about? Wasn't that like about? a Saturday morning cartoon yeah, thing? Yeah, it's the word of the day. Yeah. I actually obey. hated that show. I I could probably count on three fingers the amount of times I've seen pieces of Pee Wee Herman's show. The only reason I saw it is I'd see it at the very beginning because that meant cartoons were over, and then I had to go do something else on Saturday. I just didn't. I think it was, like, too weird for me. Like well, I I like, That's weird. Yeah, I didn't like it. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, he did uh-huh. other things, too. But uh-huh. All right. Whatever. So, um... You shall therefore love the Lord your God and keep his charge, his statutes, his rules, and his commandments always. And consider today, since I am not speaking to your children who have not known or seen it, consider the discipline of the Lord your God, his greatness, his mighty hand, and his outstretched arm, his signs and his deeds that he did in Egypt to Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, and to all, the la- all his land. 
and what he did to the army of Egypt, to their horses and to their chariots, and how he made the water of the Red Sea flow over them as they pursued after you, and how the Lord had dis- has destroyed them to this day, and what he did to you in the wilderness until you came to this place, and what he did to um, Dathan, um, Iberium, the sons of Eliab, son of Reuben, how the earth opened its mouth and swallowed them up with their households, their tents, and every living thing that followed them. Turn the page. (laughs) (laughs) In the midst of all Israel, for your eyes have seen all the great work of the Lord that he did. That was loud. That was my daughter. (laughs) I I wonder if you might pick that up. If you hear screaming in the background, again, we're in the basement, and my daughters sometimes are loud. We're in the studio. That's the artist next door recording their hit single. <laughs> okay, yeah, the basement. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, uh, my daughter does not have a singing voice. Aw, yet. She has a singing voice. <laughs> <laughs> we'll stop there. <laughs> and she loves Jesus. <laughs> After she hears this podcast, she won't really be fond of dad. <laughs> <coughs> So anyway, yeah. Um, so chapter eleven, verse one. So what would you get out of this? Uh, and this is the repeating theme. I, a, a lot more of like remembering what God has done. Uh, this one kind of brought up a little bit of a different uh, track. So I just kind of wrote some notes uh, while I was reading it. So these aren't like necessarily <coughs> like uh, researched by a scholar notes. These were like my thoughts, which is kind of a. There's a fight going on in there. <laughs> uh, it's kind of a break from what we normally have done in the past, like where or what I normally do, where it's like, oh, here's a lot of scholarly notes. So mm-hmm. these are a lot more, uh, kind of like where I was at, maybe with a couple little pieces sprinkled in. But um, I, I I was thinking a lot about like you know here we are remembering, but and I know there's a piece in here at the beginning about like you know I'm not talking to your kids who haven't seen it I'm talking to you who have witnessed it mm-hmm. so I, I took that in more of a personal track so I went all uh, me focused on this one a little bit more uh, thinking about how that relates to like a personal or a person's testimony and I was th- kind of discussing with you beforehand like a lot of times when we hear a testimony th- it's grandiose and it's amazing and it's a lot of like I don't know. Sometimes it's almost like, here's the awesome story of my life and what's happened to me and how I've worked through it. Um, as opposed to like, Hey, this is serving as a reminder of who you were before like Jesus saved you. And, uh, (coughs) light of like, you know, where you're, or the path that you're going to be walking on after Jesus saved you. And so I kind of, I just kind of made a note, like, (coughs) uh, with the Israelites, they're like remembering a God who was full of greatness a God who has given many signs and um, performed great deeds in front of them, a God who has disciplined them like a parent would discipline a child, Uh, a God who has destroyed their enemies um, like he did to Pharaoh and his armies, Um, a God who did things in a great and sometimes destructive manner, destroying Egypt's army, Um, and a God who also destroyed those who rebelled against him or who had punished those who rebelled against him who were among his chosen people. And I was thinking that, like, kind of in terms of where we are. So sometimes we're on the receiving end of God's discipline. So we are those that are, you know, um, I'm being, like, really careful on the word punishment here because I believe that Christ endured God's punishment for our sins on the cross. So we were, we are not punished anymore. 
So I want to be kind of clear with that, like up front. Like God's not punishing us because he's already punished his son for our sins. Now that I got that out of the way. Um, he still disciplines us. So when we are wrong or when we're learning or he has something to teach us, sometimes life is still hard. Now, I can't say that like the earth is going to open up and swallow us whole. Um, and I have a feeling you have some numbers notes on that that you might be talking about a little later. I noticed you don't even have like notes anymore. Your Bible is full of them now. I still you, have them here. Oh, I was like, but I have how, them do you, here. how do you track all those, man? I know it's different colors, but... Absolutely different colors. Dude, we need to take a picture of that. <laughs> um, anyway, um, <clears throat> but God also like lets us see his great signs and his great deeds. He provides for us when we, you know, when we're in need. He uh, does great things for us all the time uh, through giving us common grace or things that bring us joy or blessing us with you know, maybe immense gifts of different types, uh, so on and so forth. So I really was thinking of, this is kind of like Israel, like Moses, like, remember your testimony, remember what you've been through, and remember where, like, use that to propel where you're going and to remember who you're worshiping and what God it is you're worshiping. So that was kind of the, I know, like I said, it's not like the scholarly, like, this Hebrew word means X, but that was kind of like where my brain got, stuck at the beginning of this where I, where my notes came from and my thoughts and, and i looked into uh you know some of my trusted resources and stuff like that and a lot of them were repetitive from what we've had so i don't know if that speaks to the uh type of study aids that i used or not you know it's like oh it's it's rehashing what we talked about in prior chapters with maybe a couple little things sprinkled in um you know with like a note about like what happened in numbers actually i was really disappointed that I couldn't find a lot, like, without going to a numbers commentary or a numbers study, most people, like, didn't care about what happened here, and I was kind of disappointed mm-hmm. uh, as far as that went. But I, <coughs> I also think it served me well, because I'm, you know, I'm also the, I'm, I'm, like, writing a, a half-hour sermon to deliver in April, mm-hmm. and, like, I think I'm really going to hit some of the, you know, it's like, I'm going to hit what I know. I'm going to hit some Deuteronomy and talk about, you know, maybe this point a little bit more mm-hmm. like the testimony serves to remind us of where we were and to remind us of who we are following when we're uh, following Christ and okay. working outward. So yeah, I'm, I'm lame on this and I apologize. Well, I, I think, but I think that you hit a really good point. I mean, the idea of remembering our story um, or God's story in our own lives, I think is powerful to, um, remembering who the God is that we worship and that he is a faithful, trustworthy God, mm-hmm. um, giving you even more of a reason to obey, where part of obedience comes into a trust issue. Um, are you going to obey? You're not going to obey if you don't trust the Father that's giving you those commands. Um, and so if we can look back at, at our story um, and see where um, our God has been faithful in our lives, um, I think that's important to to us being able to live out the the trust and the obedience that, that God desires for us to live. And I think there's two cool ways of looking at this. I mean, I think, first of all, we can go, okay, well, Moses called um, <clears throat> the Jews to go ahead, or the Israelites, to go ahead and, and look at their story, um, to, to, to worship God because of his awesomeness. Um, and, you know, I, I think in our own lives, we can look back at, our story and how God has worked in our lives and worked in our story and used that um, to um, move us forward and being able to trust God and, and be obedient when he offers commands. 
Um, but I think when, uh, also as Christians, I think we have the opportunity to look at part of our story as part of the Israelite story as well. So I think we can also be encouraged by seeing what God had done to the Israelites and seeing that God had been God had done some really powerful things through the Israelites um, in the past as well, and, and, and use that as part of our story. Um, part of what I try and teach um, Hadassah and Naomi and, and Genevieve and everyone, um, all the little kids in our houses, is to remind them that um, when Deuteronomy talks about, Hear, O Israel, Yahweh is our God, um, it, it's part of remembering that um, we as Israel um, have that opportunity to, to play a part in God's the, the history of God's people. Um, and so that means Old Testament stories, um, and that means the, the stories that God continues to do in our lives today. So I, I think that's kind of a, uh, I think that's a cool way of being able to look at this passage. Um, for the most part, I kind of started, so, so the note that I, that I put here um, was <clears throat> um, keep commandments, um, and I put because of God's awesomeness, um, and I think God shows us two forms of his awesomeness here, um, one of them a positive and one of them a negative. Um, the positive being, look, you're no longer in Egypt. Here's what I did to the Pharaoh and, you know, all those chariots and all of that sort of thing. But then there is a negative version of that, too, where, or a negative version being God's discipline. Um, well, with Korah's rebellion well, and numbers. Yes, yeah, so I would say negative as far as, like, being swallowed up. Yeah, but it was still. But a discipline can be a good thing. Yeah, yeah, right. that, I guess that's what <laughs> right. So, you can see God move in powerful ways where they may have seen one being more positive than the other. Um, but in course, <laughs> oh my gosh, my friends got swallowed up. <laughs> um, oh well. Well, they didn't say oh well. Then they got mad the next day, and I was like, really? Like, yeah, dude, God just swallowed up like a whole lot of people. Yeah. Well, I mean, there was they were leading a rebellion, but I don't want to. Spoiler. Right. So go on. <laughs> so so number 16 ultimately deals with um, those that were rebelling against God. Um, ultimately, I guess, um, you had Korah um, and a bunch of people. They wanted more power. They were jealous of Moses. Um, the congregation followed. Um, God was going to destroy them. Moses interceded. God opened up the ground and swallowed them, their families, their possessions up. Fire consumed the rest of the 250. The next day, people blamed Moses. It's really, really like, come on. Um, Dude, I kind of remember being like <clears throat> in Sunday school learning about this when I was like really young and being like freaking out. Like, <laughs> God made the ground open up and eat people. Like, <laughs> But sorry, go on. Well, and then they, then they get mad at Moses. God's wrath was present um, and then brings a plague. Moses once again intercedes. Um, and then, uh, what is it, Aaron makes atonement for their sin. And um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and the cycle continues. Right, right. <laughs> but anyway, so, so, so I said, why obey his commands, which was, the, which was verse 1. Um, and I said, because of God's awesomeness. And that was what I kind of pulled out was we saw God's awesomeness in a few different ways um, via God's discipline, but also his um, rescuing power or redeeming power. So like the, the why fall God's <coughs> commands, I guess that's like a question a lot of people do do ask. And tell me if I'm saying this right. But one, one reason is because of his awesome, because he's God, because mm -hmm. of his awesomeness is is power, his absolute authority and sovereignty, etc. And there 
there is a reason that you fear for your life. <laughs> mm-hmm. You fear for your safety. And I don't think that that's necessarily the negative a lot of people present it as. Mm-hmm. I think that that is like, you know, somewhat of a, I mean, nobody wants to suffer no matter how much of a soldier you make it sound like like when you're going through suffering like i'm doing this to god's glory like inside you're hoping that the suffering ends mm-hmm. like you're not hoping this continues right and i did a little <laughs> dance and nobody saw because <laughs> hey, the suffering continues um that nobody saw because we're on a podcast uh but yeah i think that's kind of the i i think both of those are legitimate reasons to obey god is to, because of who he is because the awesome stuff he does and also because you don't and, and here's to say that obeying God is not necessarily going to lead to a suffering-free life. Right. And I have to disclaimer that because somebody's going to listen to this and be like, oh, wait a minute. And then they're not going to email us because nobody ever does. Right. So that's fine. <laughs> Which we we'll have to remember to give them our email again. I got to remember what the email is. <laughs> Go back to episode one. <laughs> um, but anyway. Yeah. I, I may be looking up that email right now just to see. I think we just so many times see obedience as such a bad thing. But, like, when, I, I mean, at least when I tell my own kids, why why is it that I, I ask you to be obedient? And I, I've at least conditioned them to say, because you love me and because you care for me and you want us to live a good life and, and you don't want us to get hurt. And I believe that, that God as our Father has that same desire and I think we can legitimately see that in Scripture through Deuteronomy many times. Um, how many times, I think, in my Bible did I write, for your good? Um, and that came right after God said, obey my commands. Um, so I, I think there's definitely that aspect of, of obeying God because we love him. Um, but, it, I mean, it's also for our own good that he allows that to be true. Um, so, again, I think there's so many good things that come out of that obedience. And really, I'm saddened because in all reality, at least in, in our current Christian culture, and really just our, incur- our current culture in general, um, obedience is looked at, I mean, obedience is, we don't take God God's commands seriously anymore. Um, and I don't know if people think, well, because Jesus came that we don't need to be obedient any longer. Um, but I, I just don't think that we take obedience to God's commands as a real thing anymore. And you look like you're hitting your hand against your head and laughing. And did I you see I a funny kitty video on YouTube? No, I found our email. <laughs> <laughs> and we have people have talked to us. Oh, have we really? <laughs> so apparently you have been emailing you. Don's been ignoring you. Actually, in reality, it's only one guy. Okay. I'm gonna, uh, we're going to have to respond to him. Oh, man. Uh-oh. I'm stupid. Uh-oh, how bad is it? He seems like a nice guy. Uh-oh. No, no, it's really nice. Oh, is it? Okay. He said he, said he likes us, so... Uh, sorry, that was something that shouldn't... He, sorry, sorry, Pastor Bill. <laughs> November 9th. <laughs> when you emailed us, thanks. Um, well, that could be a fun email. Yeah, we'll have to check that later. Maybe yeah. we'll... Maybe we should respond. <laughs> Dear Pastor Bill, we are making fun of how no one emails us. We checked the email and found out you emailed us. Uh, so, all right. Man, seems like a nice guy. All right. Well, let's go ahead and finish this. Yeah, and then. Yeah, I won't. I, I, just, I was just like, oh, I should look it up, make sure I saw the password, blah, blah, blah. And I 
tried three different passwords, none of them work, and then I try one. It's like, oh, it worked. And I go, oh, there's 11 emails in here. Oh, we'll get 11? Is it, are they all no, past your bill? Well, nine of them are like Microsoft being like, you should use this email okay. account. <laughs> one is like, try our new beta. And the all other right. one is like, hi, I'm Pastor Bill. I like your podcast. And We got a uh, real email. Woo! Hey, Bill, if you're listening. Sorry. It's six weeks after we recorded. <laughs> after we found your email. But hey, man, we'll get you back. So thanks for being a listener. And... We'll do better. <laughs> I will do better. Um, anyway, so. Yeah. Number I'm sorry, I'm seven. Sorry. Yeah. All right. So, or not nope. number seven. Sorry. De- Woo. De- De- Deuteronomy seven. 11 verse seven. Yes. All right. <clears throat> so anything else or should we read on? No, I think that that really <clears throat> is like where I um, left off. I think that those are both really good points. I think it's interesting that we have both gone through a lot of the... Uh, <coughs> Remember, remember, remember. We talk. I mean, how many times do we talk about Og? You, mm-hmm. you, you know, King King Oggy Og, or, oh, yeah. you know, Snoop Oggy Og, or whatever. And you know, it's like, oh, remember, oh, remember, oh, remember when this happened. And I'm hoping it's a good thing that we both kind of took a little bit of a different twist on this one. Mm-hmm. It makes me feel like we are part of Israel <laughs> in the fact that like we just don't get it. Mm-hmm. But you know, hopefully, this is a good thing. That this is the spirit. You know opening our eyes a little bit and saying, hey, no, no, no. Remembering there's a few things, why you obey, uh, reasons to obey, um, good reasons, legitimate reasons. And then also, like I was saying, like we remember because it's, a, it's the same as our testimony to remember mm-hmm. what God has done and where God is going, both pre and post salva- salvation. And then also, you know, um, throughout the rest of your walk kind of thing. So, yeah, I think that's good. Um, hopefully it's legit. All right. And uh, I always get worried when I don't have a scholar backing me up on something, like, because I'm not a scholar. You have so a camel like, backing you uh, up. Camel's right behind you. What's up, camel? He's not kidding. It's a big, fuzzy camel. Yeah, didn't Aladdin say, watch out, they spit? Oh, no, that's a. That wasn't oh, a camel. That's camels. Camels was do that. Was that a camel? Yeah. Oh, okay. That's. Is it, but in Aladdin, was it a camel? It was Aladdin. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. Right. I, I got my Aladdin correct. I All think, right. I think you turned the monkey into a camel. <clears throat> All right. Anyway. Yeah. So um, verse 8 um, of chapter 11, you shall therefore keep the whole commandment that I command you today that you may be strong and go in and take possession of the land that you are going over to possess and that you may live long in the land that the Lord swore to your fathers to give to them and to their offspring, a land flowing with milk and honey. For the land that you are entering to take possession of it is not like the land of Egypt, from which you have come, where you sowed your seed and ir- ir- I was gonna say irritated, irrigated it, um, like a garden of vegetables. But the land that you are going over to possess is a land of hills and valleys, which drinks water by the rain from heaven, a land that the Lord your God cares for. The eyes of the Lord your God are always upon it from the beginning of the year to the end. Um, so, um, and if you will indeed obey my commandments that I command you today to love the Lord, your God, and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul, he will give the rain for your land in its season, the early and the latter rain that you may gather in your grain and your wine and your oil. And he will give grass in your fields for your livestock and you shall eat and be full. Take care, lest your heart be deceived and turn aside and serve other gods and worship them. Then the anger of the Lord will be kindled against you and he will shut up the heavens uh, so that there will be no rain and the land will yield no fruit and you will perish quickly off the good land that the Lord has given you. Yep. 
you have a smile on your face. I, I found some notes. I wanted. To, I, I wrote it after the fact. Okay. Did so you it, do have more notes for this. This one is scholarly. Okay. All right. He's got some scholarly stuff going on here. <laughs> Wait till you hear this. You no longer have a camel backing you up, but scholarly ba- backing you up. Pastor Bill, I, I hope we don't. <laughs> <laughs> I hope we don't lose you after this discussion. Um, so did you read anything about, you know, verses like 11 at all? Like any, do you have any good notes on 11 before I, um, uh, was it 11, 10 and 11 or 11? I actually don't think I have. Yeah. A whole 10 lot and 11. Um, 10 uh, Egypt. Um, mostly 10. Bit. I think it's mostly 10. Um, I've got a little bit. So what do you have on 10? All right. Well, wait, do you have anything before 10? <laughs> Because we can build the suspense to 10 if you want. Um, let me look. Let me look. Let me look. Um, I have a little bit. Okay. So I basically put... Um, you must not have gotten what I got. So go on. Okay. Let's I hear, probably let's don't hear have the serious you. before we we just break down and de-evolve into... Oh, no. Uh, I'm scared yeah. now. Go for it. So I put with, with 8 and 9... Um, I, I pose the same question that I did earlier. So God again says, "You shall keep my commandments." Um, so again, I so 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 why keep your commandments? And I feel like this is kind of a different section um, where, um, because of God's awesomeness, what was what we got from through verse seven, and now as we go through verse seventeen, um, I kind of got for the future. Mm-hmm. Um, so this seems to be focused more on going into the land of, of going into the land, um, keeping um, his com- er, and, and kind of you get the land and then God helps you take care of the land. And so by obeying your commands, by obeying God's commands, um, he will help provide um, mm-hmm. in helping you to take it over and then to keep it um, a place of milk and honey. Um, and, and there's more details that go with it, but that's kind of the basis or the, the intro that I got to this specific section. So if you're saying what's your intro or your build up for this, that's what I got. <laughs> so in, in these verses, there's definitely a, some contrast being drawn and I'll read, um, I can't remember how far to go. I kind of want to do 10 and 11. So I'll kind of reread those for the land that you are entering to take possession of. It is not like the land of Egypt from which you have come, where you sowed your seed and irrigated it, like a garden of vegetables. But the land you are going over to possess is a land of hills and valleys, which drinks water by the rain from heaven. I guess I'll go through 12. A land that the Lord your God cares for. I'll leave it at that. Um, So kind of 12a. There's a contrast drawn. And here in Israel, you did all the work. And this is kind of what you're saying. Mm -hmm. In the new land, I'm going to do all the work. In, I said Israel. I meant in Egypt, like you had to plant the seed and you had to water it, and then in the new land, like that'll be done for you. Like it's not you don't have to wait for the Nile to overflow. You don't have to get water from the Nile. You don't have to like only farm in the strip of land by the Nile. So the Nile River runs through Egypt. If you look at a map of Egypt, like a satellite imagery or whatever, you'll notice that there's a green line that cuts to the top of Africa, and that's the Nile, and everything else around it's desert. So you kind of get to see that contrast there. So go to Google Maps, look up the Nile River, zoom out a little bit. You'll see Egypt. You'll see some green at the top. You'll see the green going down from the Nile. Everything else around it is like borderline, bordering the Sahara Desert. So everything's brown. Mm -hmm. It's not fertile. You can't grow there without a lot of work. If you want to grow stuff there, you have to do it within that region right there to get anything out of it. So that's level one, okay? 
some believe that um where's the foot comment so that i did get part of that so i i don't know I, I think i pulled that one actually out of christopher wright and i was like oh okay you, now would you oh are you talking about the contrast so, yeah the contrast okay so yeah so i don't know the, so the second level of the <coughs> contrast is talking about the irrigation part of it mm-hmm. and that actually is talking about how the land was defiled Okay, that I did not by get the to. Israelites. Okay, and the irrigation. Uh, I was trying to find the like because I think the ESV translates it a little bit different than the NIV. So let me bust. Up. And I know like the NIV is often maligned a little bit as far as its translation goes. So so I guess before you get into that second yeah. contrast, so the second part of this contrast, at least that I understood, so where you you sowed seed and irrigated it, basically they worked hard as slaves mm -hmm. um, in order to um, grow things and stuff like that in Egypt. However, the, the other part of that contrast is in Canaan, um, the place that's supposed to be flowing with milk and honey, the place that's supposed to provide for needs and luxury. Um, it, it's a precipitation climate. Mm -hmm. um, the rains from heaven, basically God waters it, God takes care of it. And really, for the most part, they don't have to work as hard as they did in Egypt. It, it's basically a land that, that, that God is taking care of. Um, he's helping it to grow. Um, in fact, I think um, specifically it says that drinks rain from heaven, a land that the Lord cares for. And so we see two different sides of, uh, of the picture um, where here's where you came from and here's where you are. So why obey God's commands? Well, because God brought you out of here and brought you here. Out that sounds the, yeah, out of the place where you have to take care of it yourself into the place where I take care of you. Right. Now, I guess you said there's another contrast in there that I, that I didn't get. And so what, what was that second contrast? Okay. Before I get to that. Okay, just kidding. I do, I do remember uh, Zeitz. Professor mm -hmm. Mark Zeese, uh, he was telling us that Israel at one point was more akin to looking like um, like a Smoky Mountain National Park, like where you get lots of trees, a lot of, uh, if you think about cedars and things like that, they're more like evergreens, mm -hmm. uh, like kind of that rainforest or whatever. And over the years, they haven't taken care of it to the farming statutes put down like in Leviticus and stuff like that. And they've stripped out the land and it's become more desert and arid. It, it, because of like bad farming practices. Oh wow! Over the years, so he's like, so not only you think like, oh, it's like more deserted, it's like brown, it's not as lush and stuff like that. He's like, it's true now. There's still areas where it's a lot more like you would see down in like Tennessee and Kentucky and stuff like that, where it's very beautiful, very green. Right. Um, well, I don't know. With all the fires we had in Tennessee, it might not. It might be more <laughs> kinda, but um, it, it's definitely like changed over the years. So like where there's been bad practices that have like stripped out a lot of the beautiful mm -hmm. lush that, that God's describing here. Oh, wow. So it's kind of because, yeah, you, you know, you see a picture of Israel and you're like, oh, well, there's a marketplace. It looks horrible. It looks hot. It looks, you know, oh, by the sea, it looks really cool. But everywhere else, it looks like it's just horrible. Mm -hmm. But it's because of bad practices. Really? So it's, it was kind of interesting. I, I remember that from 2007 or six or whenever I took his class years and years ago. Um, anyway, okay. So, so, so just, uh, so, okay, so basically, if they would have followed um, God's original commands on how to take care of the land, right, the land would, would look much better now than it does. Mm -hmm. But because they chose not to be obedient, 
the the original land that was flowing with milk and honey that provided those needs and that luxury ultimately is not what it used to be. Yeah, Solomon led to <coughs> some of the original like stripping of the trees and the land and stuff like that. And then, uh, uh, oh gosh, Herod's the Herods did all sorts of building projects and like stripped the land of more oh. and they would use like the cypresses and things like that in trade mm-hmm. and all that. So they just like ripped out, but never replanted. They didn't practice crop rotation for many years. And now you've got a lot it, while there are parts of it that are probably still very beautiful, never been there. Can't speak to it. Right. Um, it used to be even more gorgeous. Wow. Very green. And that was, that's come from Zeis. I okay. mean, a professor we both had. Right. And he, he spends a lot of time in Israel. <laughs> he at least did. Um, uh, I think he still does. He's still, okay. he's still a professor down in Florida and I think he still does <coughs> trips. Okay. Um, I think he's got a blog too. I'll have to check it Doesn't, out. Okay. Um, but okay. So the other part of 10, uh, in the NIV, there's a, a, a added word here and it says the land you are, ent- oh, I lost my spot. The land you are entering to take over is not like the land of Egypt. From which you have come, where you planted your seed and irrigated it by foot, as in a vegetable garden. Mm. That phrase is actually a euphemism for peeing, and foot is referring to the organ in which you pee with. Really? Yes, uh, possibly. There, now. So which which is the legit translation? Because like ESV does not have that part to it. That is the quite. Which what is interesting is typically when you go through the NIV. Mm-hmm. You find things are cut down to be more thought for thought. Okay. So you kind of get things, you know, hacked out. Like, like the assumption is is that the reader already understands this sentence and has no further need to understand it more. So we will remove these words, this sentence, or whatever. Uh, if you go through Joshua, the book of Joshua, and compare a lot of notes, you'll find a lot of. You, you know, sentences and phrases missing because the translator said, all right, thought for thought, this is what the thought means. Let's right. put that in there and cut out any excess that would confuse it. The SV, on the other hand, is more closer to a word for word. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting that they cut out that part where the NIV kept it in, but the Hebrew phrase, which I won't read because people would cry at my Hebrew reading because it's been too long. Um, uh, basically, it's it's rule in the passage basically means irrigated by foot. Okay. Um, and this is coming from Merrill's uh, commentary <coughs> on Deuteronomy, who basically says that there's a couple of things. One, there was a foot-operated water wheel that was invented in Egypt, um, and it could refer to this. However, there's some date discrepancy on if that water wheel existed at the time that Israel would have been in Egypt. Uh, it could also refer to opening and closing of uh, some gates that were used to hold water for irrigation, which that is more likely than the water wheel translation. It says, the other suggestion is that Moses is making a sarcastic contrast between the desirability of the promised land and the land of Egypt, understanding foot as a euphemism for your genitals. They see Moses as contrasting the Egyptian practice of irrigating with impure water your urine. Oh wow! Okay. So it could be it could be multiple. <coughs> it could be the work. I I say it could be both. Okay. I, I say it could be. Would that be like a double and tod whatever tadra? Right. I can't say that word. Um. I I say it could be both. It could be contrasting the work you had to do and like how you were sweating all day in the sun in Egypt to put water where water didn't go naturally, mm-hmm. and then contrasting that with what God was doing. And I think it could also be speaking to the unpurity of 
the Gentiles' land, of mm-hmm. Egypt's land, saying it wasn't part of us. That land was defiled. It was not your promised land. It was not meant to be your home. It's defiled as though somebody peed all over it. Uh, but I'm, I was wondering if you found that. No, I, I didn't. I would have been way excited about that. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it, as we know, my commentary tends to borrow <coughs> from other commentaries mm-hmm. and make the notes. Like, he's really good at citing other sources in there. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know if maybe your commentary with uh, Christopher mm-hmm. Wright did something similar. Because I didn't touch Christopher. I took Christopher Wright with me for the last chapter. And I was okay. like, okay, it's too mimicking Scott too much. So I'm going to go back to my guy. Okay. I came back to my guy. And I was one. I never checked Christopher Wright to see if he had okay. some more. Well, but yeah, I do find it interesting that ESV, the word for word, kind of cuts out the foot part yeah, of it. That's what I was curious. Of the phrase. Okay. Which it seems, regardless, it kind of needs to be in there, but I'm not a Hebrew scholar to know why. I'm not, yeah. Um, I, I tried Greek and Hebrew and failed miserably both times. Um, I, did, I did all right with that start of Hebrew. I just didn't have the wherewithal to continue. Yeah. I, I got sidetracked by Spanish. <laughs> it was easier and still spoken today. <laughs> I tried to do Spanish, Greek, and Hebrew all at the same time, and I failed on all three of them. Yeah, that was um, yeah. <laughs> I haven't tried Greek. I, I've thought about it. I, I've said it before on here. I had a friend who said, if you want to know the differences in like what it could mean in the Greek, get three mainline Bible translations, line them up, <coughs> read the same section from each of them and you'll see what the differences in greek could be okay okay and so he made me less enthusiastic about about learning mm-hmm. greek i've but heard no, the, let the other people do the hard work i've heard that greek is easy to start off learning but gets harder <laughs> and i've heard hebrew is hard to start but gets easier really i should um, stop with it because i did the hard stuff yeah that's what and, and i'm pretty sure that's what what if i remember correctly that's what someone told me i know i've asked you before did you use the dobson's book uh, i don't remember I, like I don't that remember. One. That's the one where you learn to speak it phonetically, and then you learn to act like. So he'll do like English words with uh, the Hebrew symbols, mm-hmm. and then you start learning like them as what the actual Hebrew words are. So like you might learn to like spell your name okay. using the phonetic sounds of the Hebrew letters, and then like as you learn those phonetic sounds and like those auditory sounds, you start to like learn actual words. So you'll learn like heiress and you know, hallelujah and angel and stuff like that. Yeah. I, it was the one I got was, it was a textbook that I had found that had CDs and things like that. Went, that went with it. Now a CD is one of those round things that has a hole in the middle. Oh, I've heard of these. Um, every once in a while you'll find a car that has these things and you can put them in there. You know, my car has a weird slot. Is that what that's for? That's probably, yeah. Oh. yeah Cause that's not where you tried to put your, your, your sandwich. Was it? No, no, it's too thin for that. Okay. But I figured it was great for holding things like pieces of paper that I needed for a minute. Like, yeah, no, no, not no, that. Um, so, so <laughs> um, but anyway, so so I grabbed one of those things and, and I just, I started having kids and then, you know, work and life. And so then it just. Reality struck. And yeah, I was like, there's no way. I don't. Until it, Duolingo incorporates like biblical Hebrew as a right? course. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all about that. That would be, oh, if they did that, that would be so, I. We'll get back to the Bible. Okay, in a all right. <laughs> I, I tried Irish and Polish on there. So, like, Irish was like a, it was like a St. Patrick's Day. Like, hey, I wonder how hard Irish really is. Irish is really hard. Okay. <laughs> and I was like, well, Polish, because, like, I have a, you know, like, my great-grandparents <clears throat> came over from Poland, like, okay. on the boat. So I was like, oh, it'd be nice to carry on the family heritage and maybe learn a Polish word or two. That's too many Polish words. I think English <laughs> is fine. I am not a linguist. That is I'm, not my I'm not either. There, there are some people that are incredibly good at it. 
I am not one of those. Yeah. Um, my gifting is somewhere else, and I'll uh, I'll take the three different translations and let someone else do the hard work. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, uh, and on top of that, we won't be real scholars. We'll keep going to the commentaries, <laughs> <laughs> and you'll keep listening to our podcast right. as we translate those scholars for you into or something. Anyway, yes. Yeah. All right. So anyway, um, sorry, but yeah, did you want to move on from? Um, did you want to go deeper? We got a good. We can do another. 10 minutes or so before the music starts, I think. Okay, so our, our basically our, our plan to get through 11, it's not going to happen. We were going really good, and then I saw the note I put on the top of this page <laughs> <laughs> about the double uh, potential deeper meaning of okay. 10 and 11, and I ruined it. You ruined it, I'm yeah. sorry. We could have done it. We could have. Actually, we probably, I don't think we could have. Uh, I'm looking back going, no. yeah. <laughs> it might not mind. It sounded good, though. Huh? Um, I'm trying to think of what else. Um, 13 through 15 gets into the idea of obedience equals provision. Um, specifically, the provision that they, they list is rain, grain, wine, oil, um, grass you equals... You rhymed for a minute. Yeah. Oh, I could be a rapper? We'll come up. What's my rap name? Oh, crap. Okay, I, okay, yeah, I can't even a rap name. Like, um, uh, Secretary Scott. <laughs> he'll take the phone calls. He'll write the numbers. Okay, there's yeah. nothing cool about nothing. that. Yeah, sorry. Okay, um, <laughs> go on. I was trying to alliterate. <laughs> um... Uh, part of that obedience and provision comes for grass. That grass is used for fields and livestock. Um, you shall eat and be full. Um, 16 and 17 becomes a warning against uh, worshiping and serving other gods, um, equaling a, a loss of that provision. Um, um, it's mentioned because the, the temptation exists and he realizes um, that it exists, that, that uh, they could potentially give in to those other gods. Mm-hmm. Um, probably the gods that he's talking about is, is Baal. Um, he's usually seen as as the Lord over fertility and rain. Um, however, Ooh, um, that's a good insight. Yeah, honestly, yeah. Um, however, Yahweh takes the claim over Baal um, and says, "Don't you go and, and worship those other gods." Um, I think that's pretty much where where we left off. I don't know if we really have time to go into anything else if we only got that ten minutes. So, so this might. Um, do you have anything else to to kind of say about? About those things, or no, I I have a lot of the kind of the same. Once again, I kind of got stuck in that remembering and stuff like that. And again, we have a promise uh, by God, and, and we saw the promise earlier. He'll defeat the enemies for you. Mm-hmm. Um, he'll, you know, take care of the land for you. I think that at the end, you get kind of that warning, like remember who I am, obey my commands, or I will close up the heavens. I will no longer allow rain to happen. You know, and it is a. It is a. It's another trump card over Bale, like mm-hmm. you said. I didn't realize it was Bale. I didn't. Thanks, Grisanti. <laughs> um, that that is a really good parallel to draw there. Like it's God taking His rightful place and authority over mm-hmm. a false god. I think it's kind of cool. Yeah, I was gonna say he's. Uh, I think some of the, the sometimes those are my favorite sections where he's like, "Yeah, I'm the Lord of Lords. I'm the God of Gods." Um, Let me put a little stab in the neck of Baal. Here. <laughs> <laughs> right. And by the way, he's the. You think he's the god of fertility? Nah, nah. I got claim for that one. Um, but I, I do love the whole like the provision pictures that get thrown throughout the Bible of like mm-hmm. eat and be full. Like I'm, I'm gonna make your, you know, your grain, you know, abundant. I'm gonna give you the fattened calves. I'm gonna like. There's this whole thing like God's like enjoy it. I'm giving it to you. And I think that's something that we we struggle with. Uh, like we were talking before about we might get blessed by an organization that we don't always 100% align ourselves <laughs> with or agree with. Right. Um, and until that blessing <coughs> comes to fruition, I'm not mentioning any names. <laughs> 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 but uh, it is one of those like 
But, you know, it's it's a matter of like, hey, receive that gift. Be thankful to the God that provided it and receive it in fullness. Like, enjoy it to its fullest. Mm-hmm. Don't make it your God. Don't make it your, you know, your focus. But enjoy the good gifts that he has for you. And I think that we sometimes get afraid as Christians to enjoy those good gifts that God mm-hmm. has for us. And I think that this serves as a reminder that all, you know, is it the psalm, every good and perfect gift comes from you? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we got to remember that all the great things that have happened from common grace to uh, regular uh. grace, <laughs> et cetera, comes from God. It doesn't, like, there is no other provision behind it. Right. it it's not by the sweat of our brow as we work the land in Egypt or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's by his good grace and his good gifting to us. And it's awesome when you get the the ability to be able to see that and know that you had no hand and no play in that whatsoever. Um, I, I know yeah. recently, um, again, we had taken on a, a bunch of extra kids. And, um, <laughs> That's what you call it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and it's one of those that um, we have not been fostering. And, and with fostering, you, you, you get money. And um, but, but it's been crazy to see how, how God has provided um, because when I look at my finances and when I look at what money I make, um, that was not something that I thought <laughs> we had the ability to do was, was support three additional kids. Um, Let me tell you about how <laughs> supporting five kids works. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, it, but it's one of those things that, that we have, Sarah and I have never asked for any money whatsoever. Um, but God has provided more money to, to support all of them. We bought our, our first box of diapers last week, and this is, what, five, six months later? Um, wow. and, and so God has, has, has really provided and it's not like we can take any claim to that because we haven't even asked, well, we asked God to provide, but we, we never asked for money. We never asked for anything else. And, you know, when Sarah wrecked the van, um, we didn't have enough money to buy another don't, big car. Don't put car. It on your wife. <laughs> the nope. van was in a car accident. And she was driving. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't her fault though. So. See, yeah. Um, but, but even with that, I mean, um, we, we didn't have the money with what we were going to get from the insurance company. We did for a small car, which is, I was all about a small car, but when you got five kids, a small car doesn't work. Um, and, and so God has provided in all those ways and, and I can't take any claim for that. Um, and so it's cool when you see God work and really provide, um, in, in so many different ways. Um, and again, I guess you can think that, oh, I had something to do with it, or you can go, oh, it was this or this or this, but 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 really it's it's God that's provided, and I mean, it's God that provides. Yeah. Amen, man. It's good. Yeah, I'm, I'm now like, it's great, because I'm going through my head, like, seeing all these ways God has provided for us in the last, I don't know, even the last 30 days, and it's just been unreal and amazing. So Scott's drinking water chugging but hey we'll uh we'll call the official in verse 12 18 what you think we you think we got we covered that well enough um, i mean i don't i already don't have I a don't, lot of notes there so i think we're probably I was all right say, i don't think i have an, anything else really all right um, we'll, go, we'll call it 18. oh wait wait yeah so through 17 so we'll start at 18 okay yep i i was gonna say it, but you know what are we done are you still recording no i get it. Yeah, I'm recording.